Welcome. We did it. We finished the first act. We finished the first act. So how many acts are there again? Oh, I was just looking at it. Uh, anyways, welcome back to Homestuck Book Club. I'm Lexi. And I'm Ree. Uh, I was just looking at the whole story thing, and I clicked away. So and there's, I did six, silly there's thing. six acts, and there... Uh, uh, don't... This is not one-sixth of the amount of reading that there is Yeah, in it this, took us though. three this episodes is... to finish the first act, so, you know, she's only... And it's going to take us three episodes to get through, like, not a lot. I'm just saying we're, all, we're, we're, we're almost done. Say, yeah, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that Act 1 is nice and it's crisp, it, uh, it screams by, it's fun... And the rest of it's fun, but it's not this concise in any way. But yeah, no, there's there's a lot. Anyways, we finished that one. Yay, congratulations. By the end of it, I was finally at the point where I was like, oh, I, I got to keep reading. I'm, it's hard to like put it down at this point. Yeah, like act one, I think is like there's a couple of humps you have to get over. And like act one is definitely a hurdle. And then yeah. like, you know. There's like another hurdle, maybe closer to Act Three, then you know after Act Five that then it gets like really, really dense and obtuse, and you really need to yeah. push through it. But you know, but we did it. We made it through Act One, and we met a second character. Well, technically, we 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 did meet Dad, who was a character. Yeah, I guess, but we met like a main character mm -hmm. yeah. formally. Ten tentacle therapist we now know is Rose Lalonde. The curtain is pulled back. The curtain is pulled back. We met Flighty Broad. Flighty Broad. Do you want to talk about the John stuff first, or do you want to just jump into the Rose stuff? Well, I mean, we should walk through what uh, what happened after okay. the uh, clown sprite. Right. Right. So we got our goofy clown sprite, and then John quickly got to work figuring out these mechanics of all the machines that were placed into his real life home so you get you go to one machine to get a dowel and then you go to another machine and you get a punch card and then you put a punch card and a crystal dowel into a machine and then you get a thing and in this case you got a tree with an apple and that apple was very important yeah that's the apple that lets you go to the next act. Yes. Also, you can make all sorts of stuff in it, like generic objects. Yeah, yeah, perfectly generic objects. This kind of the kind of stuff that just is tedious when you are like doing it in a video game, and is just as tedious to read. Except it's fun. Yes. So we'll we'll get to see how much fun John has with that in the future. Rose also restores John's house. A little Badly. bit. Yeah. <laughs> She fixes the floor and then just puts the ripped out bathroom items on top of it and calls it the perfect crime, which it is. Mm -hmm. And then we take a brief sojourn into Rose's uh, life and get sort of a similar introduction to that of we did of uh, John. Girl, Rose's vibes are impeccable. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I feel like that was like... You know, I don't know if that was a type of girl back then, but it definitely is now. Uh, I really wanted to be like Rose, mm. you know, she knits. She's really into like Eldritch horrors. 
and like you know Lovecraftian stuff. Yeah, but that I was all, that really was cool. before like any conversation of Lovecraft like didn't immediately end with uh, do you know what Lovecraft named his cat? <laughs> exactly. It was, Which it was a different time. Yeah, it was a different Rose, time. Yeah, it was a different time. But also funny because Rose is really into cats, so I'm wondering if like Hussey knew about that correlation. Anyways. I, I don't know about that. Yeah. Uh she's also what is that? She's into knitting. The pink purple black com like color combos are just that's tight. Like that's a good vibe. Mm-hmm. For any teen. Yeah, she plays the violin well. That's huge. I've always been a huge sucker for people who play the violin. Yeah, like there's the uh, the f- little flash video where she plays the sick, like, Andrew Bird shred on the violin. Yeah, and she journals, which is just like a hot girl trait. Mm-hmm. Again, like, she would have been very big on uh, TikTok. Yeah, no, I am absolutely obsessed with her and her cute little bob and... Like, the fact that she is also, like, a rich kid who lives in a giant mansion kind of tracks oh, for that. But Oh, my I'm God. Good, I just good. I am just really putting this together. But, like, you know, a perfect cross-section of, like, let me tell you about regional cryptids. Let me tell you about my abusive parents and, like, rich goth girl. Like, that is, like, three, like, of the biggest chunks of TikTok. So... Yeah. I think, yeah, Rose is like, was very, very ahead of her time. Have yeah, you ever accidentally like, slipped into abusive parent TikTok? It is I haven't. so no. depressing. It is such a big I part bet. of it. And it's just people telling horrible stories about their families. And it is one of the most depressing oh, things I've ever experienced. I've seen a couple of people like, uh, they're they're doing TikToks and it's like what they wish they had told their parent or like uh, when they were being nasty but they were they were few and far between so it didn't really like yeah no my my algorithm has put me in like kids teenagers recording arguments with their family and it's like the internet is 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 a a dark dark mistress oh yikes yeah i've definitely seen a lot of like couples arguing but not that i did speak just speaking of tiktok algorithms I was going on an Ancestry.com tryst a little while ago, just for funsies. You haven't sent your sent your blood to Bill Gates yet? No, I haven't. Just going through the records and stuff. And because I've got a lot of family in Newfoundland and I wanted to see like how far back it went. And the answer is forever. Uh, well, not forever because I'm not indigenous, but like seven generations and but there's one member I found whose name was Ezariah a really long time ago, and I was like, "Is there like, was there a Jewish person somewhere along the way that I didn't know about?" And then I got immediately put onto Jewish TikTok, and it, honestly, it's like one of the best spots. So I kept I engaged with it so I could stay on, and it was really nice and pleasant. Well, you know, now that you now that you potentially are one one hundredth uh, Jewish, you know, I'm. A- Proud, proud of you for being able to, you know, do do all of the things. You get to go on. I don't know if you're too old to go on birthright, but uh, you know, <laughs> hey, either way, I'm excited uh, for you. You don't need to actually be Jewish to go on birthright. I just found that out recently. Really? Really? Yeah. Anybody can do it. I think. Um, yeah. Someone told me that recently, so, and uh, I was like, oh, cool. So everybody, come to our first live show in Tel Aviv, and <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Also, this reminds me that we are not yet, but eventually going to have the uh, need to have the ethnicities of Homestuck characters conversation. Yeah. We're not there yet, but no, it's coming down the line. Definitely. Do you want to talk about sexism, Rose and sexism? Yes. Let's talk about let's talk about Rose and sexism. Namely, Flighty Broad as her silly thing. Well, I mean, that's, I think it's something that we need to keep an eye out because, again, like, you know, we've already had one, you know, ableist slur bomb and. There's a second one in this. Oh, no, actually, it might have been in the future, but there's another one either now or soon. You know, this comic comes from, you know, the late aughts, which. Not giving a pass to anybody, but people who have, like, you know, shown with their actions have become much more, you know, aware of things, much more progressive. Like, you know, I definitely think Andrew Hussey has, you know, since he became more politically active in the last couple of years, I think, has shown that he's not really, wouldn't really hold up some of, like, the ableist and sexist things that might show up in this, like, you know comic that's 10 years over 10 years old but i think it's just interesting to keep or and important to keep an eye on some of those tendencies that do arise in this um in this comic and you know rose's sort of joke name was flighty broad which i thought was funny and is not i don't i don't think is like a sexist thing but it made me just sort of want to bring that up as a topic that we should be keeping an eye on yeah, like, I agree with you. I thought Flighty Broad was really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, of course, you know, it, it does come to, well, why, you know, why is that the joke? Why is well, that yeah. what we default to? Well, it um, was, because um, you know. it, it first came up in, like, with uh, TG saying, like, call it, like, saying that uh, John should, like, get rid of all the flighty, flighty broads and their snarky horse shit, which was, like, is insinuating that TG is not drinking Respect Women Juice. And you gotta be drinking that juice. Yeah. Also, because earlier on, you know, we have TG talking about how um, Rose is into him, uh, just because, I don't know, I assume that they're just talking. I don't know, she might she might be into him. That's fine. She's allowed to be. But, like, why is that the default relationship that we have between, right now, the one girl character and the others yeah and obviously like you know all of these characters are much more flat than they become later on and obviously tg is you know a dude bro is like supposed to be a caricature of a dude bro and i think that there just weren't as many versions of that that were that did not include sexism at the time to draw from Mm mm-hmm like obviously there are there are definitely like good examples. I'm not like a library of, you know, culture of the period, but you know, that's that's sort of what I am projecting on. Yeah. On the other hand, John is I think drinking more respect women juice because he's like absolutely relying on Rose to get him through this because he's kind of um dumb. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, he's not being a, you know, dink about her or her being a woman or anything like that he's just like oh my god please help me there is a literal comet flying towards my home please help me yeah that's the reason that because the other character i only brought it up because like the the fact that the other character brought it up is like one of the like first times that they really acknowledge the the differences in gender between the characters 
Exactly. Yeah. Also, I want to print a retraction. I did some Googling. You do need to be Jewish to go on birthright. Someone told me that, that you didn't, um, but that there was a loophole. So sorry, I was wrong. How dare you try to invade <laughs> closed practices? No, it's just, I heard that there was a loophole and I'm, I Googled it and I didn't no, immediately see it. So I'm no, going to not you're, put that out into the public. Your your birthright is going to St. John's and drinking a shot of Screech and eating a cod tongue. But you don't think I've done that? Like a bunch? <laughs> Remember that one New Year's where I drank a whole bottle of Screech and then had an actual nervous breakdown the next day at brunch with my mom? You know what? I, 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 don't, I don't mind Screech. It is like a brutal brutal mistress but it does mix well no 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 don't get me wrong i love it it was so good and like you know rum like i don't often drink straight liquor but that screech went down like really nice Um, but i did then have to pay the price when i had an actual literal i'm not joking nervous breakdown with my mom at brunch the next day also a side side note from this sidebar me and my friend were joking about you know people who still uphold the rights of acadians in Canada and the as a extension of you know the rights of Quebecois of and Quebec separatism and sovereignty in Canada so which led to the joke of you know having a political being your political stance being the right of return for Cajun people to Halifax and Nova Scotia yeah I mean that is a nasty sordid history but that's also how you got the evolution of fiddle music falling from you know the uk to the east coast all the way down to louisiana where it manifests in its own unique way and it's all a beautiful musical journey basically yeah but i think that you know we should be able to vote for taking away real estate from anglophones in nova scotia and returning it to louisiana swamp people absolutely so maybe we should get back to homestuck from this like incredibly specific canadian historical humor so I guess now that we're finished act one, let's like, let's be a little retrospective. Like, how are you feeling about Homestuck at this point, at this juncture? So far, so good. Like I said, I think that the, one of the first times I gave up on it was in the middle of act one. So, you know, now after, you know, having maybe again, as a result of giving up on it, having read through it a couple times in my life, it feels like it just goes by with a breeze, but it'd be interesting to see how new readers would interact with it especially nowadays that we're like i said i think a lot of culture is downstream of homestuck so how diff how if it would be more or less difficult now than it was at the time yeah i i agree with you i had a very similar like the first time i dropped off was during this because i just did not know what the fuck was going on or get it or think it was funny and then the second time i came around and just powered through it as like a oh this is a band-aid i have to rip off and I think I've probably read this first act, like, I don't know, six times total in the past, you know, however long, like 12 years or whatever. But now it's just like, oh, cool. Like, I'm picking up, you know, like foreshadowing and, you know, things that come up later, which is what foreshadowing is. And I mean, foreshadowing is generous considering it was made up as he went. There's a couple. I don't know. Not, not to get too well, into There's a couple things. I mean, well, it's so. foreshadowing in the sense that later on he was like, oh, I remember that one-off joke from I made years ago. I'm going to make that a thing. Yeah. Foreshadowing does play a huge role in this. It's not like yeah. crazy apparent right now, mm-hmm. but, you know, little like, oh, yeah, I remember that comes that 
we talk about that again or mm-hmm. something similar happens later. As long as we're acknowledging that it's accidental and not intentional foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I love how much we get to like know John right away and get his character. Mm-hmm. You know, not not all the characters get such a generous like amount of time spent to them and spent just on them so you can really like steep in his character. Well, even with Rose, like, you know, it kind of gets right into the act. We get a little bit of the same dinking around that we got with John, but we get, like, you know, right into the action and then back to John. Yeah, and, like, I guess it's not, the the drop-off isn't, like, super, super hard immediately, but just, like, almost every character, you can just kind of feel that they get a couple fewer panels or pages than the character before them, and then it just kind of you know, exponential growths from there. That being said, I love Rose. I love Rose too. I love her so much. Yeah. One thing I noticed is that, you know, how you mentioned that, you know, Rose has been helping John throughout this entire thing. And Rose in turn was getting her information from a FAQ, a game fact that was uh, for the game. I love the game fact. Yeah. But it was like, you know, in this, uh, a, in this, uh, part that we just read, a meteor starts coming at John. We forgot to mention it, and then you know she mentions that. Oh yeah, like this FAQ is clearly written under you know a certain amount of stress, and there is a a mention of an impending doom. And I thought that the idea of somebody you know writing a FAQ to help people while a meteor is bearing down on their home is, you know, very, I think still a very current idea. And what it reminded me most of all is, you know, by the time this episode comes out, it's going to be very old news. But one of Elon Musk's rockets exploded over the Pacific Northwest just the other day. And, you know, our... That was freaky. Yeah. But then, of course, our, our producer, Devlin, just, you know, sees it out the window. And the first thing they do is come over and jump onto the group chat and be like, any anybody see that? Anybody see that? Like, and like, she started. She, everybody was sharing tweets and news articles back and forth, and you know that is just kind of the way that we process, you know, serious things going on now. Is we immediately jump on the internet and try to connect with people abroad, and like even, you know, I was listening to an episode of uh, True Anon about the the Las Vegas shooting, like the big Las Vegas shooting, and how there was people you know, doing Instagram videos and tweeting from the middle of, you know, being shot at. So, like, it's just the way that people respond to these things now, and it's just felt very prescient reading this. Mm -hmm. And also, like, uh, I remember when, a few months ago, when there was those, uh, that domestic terrorist attack on the United States Capitol, Mm -hmm. and there was, like, an Onion article that came out, like, uh, to the tune of, like, do we have to finish our work day like the woman uh sends work email during domestic terror attack and it just rang really true like like i always you know back when i worked at restaurants i would always and i had anxiety that was much more unhinged than it it is right now and i was like man if the world ended like what i do i just keep serving tables (laughs) like like what what do I do? At what point am I allowed to actually leave and yeah. see my friends and family? Like, yeah, if like the world was ending, you know, you have all of these ideas of what you would do, but chances are you'd probably be posting right up until the end of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's just what we do. Never stop posting. 
Never stop posting. But then uh, back to Homestuck, we see through the clouds just like dozens of meteors pummeling Earth. And that like this game is has ruined the Earth and world, I guess. But the people playing the game, their houses get teleported somewhere else. Their homes are not stuck in the in, in the disaster. Their homes are not stuck in the uh, mortal plane anymore. Real quick, as a movie buff... We see John kiss a poster of Liv Tyler as the world is ending. Speaking of things that are that you would do as the world was ending. What's the last movie you remember Liv Tyler in? Like whatever happened to her? Lord of the Rings. That's it. It's literally been it's it is. So it has been like 20 years since we've seen Liv Tyler. Like, I'll be honest. The last time I saw Liv Tyler was not in Lord of the Rings, but in The Hobbit when I went. When I saw Eventually Lily and thought, did they bring Eowyn back? Um, <laughs> and then I realized quickly that it was actually Eventually Lily playing Eowyn, but different. But yeah, no, I have not. Yeah, Lord of the Rings is, in all seriousness, the last thing I saw Liv Tyler in. Also, anytime I, because my dad is also a, a big Lord of the Rings buff. And anytime we're talking, either we're talking about it, or if like a clip is on TV or something, he goes... The first thing he always goes to mention is how happy he is that Liv Tyler doesn't look anything like her dad. I mean, she looks a little bit like her dad. <laughs> but not in the not way, in way that... Not in a bad way. But yeah, no, I just love that whenever my dad... Whenever, like, the, you know, Liv Tyler idea is on the air, my dad's go-to is, well, thank God she doesn't look like her dad. So... That's a pretty dad thing to say, I think. It's true. Speaking of dads, poor dad Egbert and how his house is not around anymore. I mean, he takes it in stride. He does. He handles everything pretty well and like a cool cucumber. Okay, so that's that's the end of Act 1. This was kind of a shorter chunk than we usually do, but I it just worked out that I wanted us to end like on Act 1 and not you know, go a little bit further in. And so we could just kind of sit with it and check in at, at the end. But that being said, for next week, we're going to read from where we are at, at page 248 to page 388, 388. And our weekly episodely question is, let's just have a check-in. Like, where are you at? How are you feeling about Homestuck? What are your thoughts, your takeaways? What are the highlights? Do you have any, like, questions that we at our, our Twitter can answer or something what do you think what's going on so until next time my name is re you can find me at r-h-i-c-r-t-r at twitter and instagram and i'm at pigeon like the bird underscore toad like the amphibian at on twitter pigeon underscore toad yeah and we are at homestuck bc on twitter and we share us with your friends if you yeah. think they'd like it. And as always, thank you to the Arbuckles for doing the music for our podcast. You can find them on Bandcamp and Spotify. And thanks to Devlin for editing our episodes um, and making them great. Until next time, stay exquisite, our wizards. Exquisite wizards. Don't get stuck in your house. Don't get stuck in your ass. <laughs> I don't want to hear what I have to say.